8 to 10 p.m. The Viewpoint with Asraf Gada. The Viewpoint with Asraf Gada. So, do you have a viewpoint? Do you have a point of view regarding Kosatu and, and Kosatu's new leader? And it's uh, Zingizwa Lossi. You have a chance to put those points across, not just to me, but certainly to her as well, because we've got her in as our big hitter for the next hour. My name is Ashraf Garda. Welcome to the show. Welcome indeed. And you can engage me on air by calling in 0891-104207. Save that number, 0891-104207. SMSs as all welcome, 40938. If you are tweeting, then first of all, use the hashtag SAFM Viewpoint. Easier when you do that for us to pick up a thread of discussion all throughout the show and even beyond that, even tomorrow, for example. And uh, when you do that as well, tag me, Ashraf Garda, as well as tag SFM Radio. We'll certainly find it. And, and tag Kosato as well, because they will certainly be following the story, as indeed they're doing right away. So uh, I was going to say Mr. President. It's a strange thing. We can't call you Mr. President any longer. <laughs> so the President, Zingizwa Losi, how are you? And welcome. Congratulations on, on that big position that you just got elected to, what, less than a month now? Thank you very much, uh, Ashraf, for having me, and uh, thank you for the congratulatory message. Yes, indeed, it's Miss uh, President. Well, there you are. <laughs> what, what, you, what is your, I mean, you're what, two weeks or so, two, three weeks into the position now, right? What, what are your expectations? I mean, look, you, you may well say, well, yes, I'm there to serve, and I mean, that, that we accept, right? But you must have certain expectations in terms of why you stood for election and what you want to achieve now that you are the president. Look, um, from the out of the Kosatu National Congress, uh, of course, the expectation, not only of myself, but of members, as I have interacted with them before and after the Congress. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for me, it is about the growth of, of the Federation. And, and that growth is not going to happen on its own, but it's going to happen because ourselves as as a federation and i'm talking about affiliates our focus should be of course to our members but also should start uh, engaging on what are challenges that are confronting uh, the the workers and the working class in this country mm. uh, because we understand very well and appreciate that as workers we are first members of our own communities where we come from. So it shouldn't be that COSADU is only going to limit itself on uh, bread and butter issues because workers, when they get out of work, they go back to their communities. So it is also about um, linking the workplace struggles with the community struggles uh, so that we can be able to strike that balance uh, when we get off uh, our overalls and we go back to our communities. it, it certainly gets me thinking about what, 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 not so much workers, I understand we can use the words interchangeably, but let's take Kosato in the narrow sense. Therefore, what are your three biggest challenges? I mean, I think I know, but, but you rather tell me, what are your three biggest challenges as an organization right now? All right. Uh, three biggest challenges, I will, I will tell you, it's, one is the economy. Mm-hmm. That's one. And uh, the second one will be the, the changing world of work. Right. Because it has a huge impact into the the existence of the the jobs that we currently have, and how the future holds, and and thirdly, it it would also be uh, the the skilling of workers, the education 
of 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 mm. of workers uh, and and i think beyond educating the current workforce it will be how the country prepares for the upcoming generation that has not entered the labor market but what kind of an economy what kind of the labor market uh, are we to envisage having and what kind of education system and the curriculum we should be preparing for because ours now as the leaders and the workers of today is to set that uh, environment mm-hmm. for the coming uh, workers or yes who would be entering the labor market because they're not going to find the very same jobs so it is about striking that balance in terms of what the economy is going through what current jobs we're having the changing world of work and what the future holds not for ourselves all right but for the future interesting generation. i mean n- none of them are directly i mean they're all important but they're not directly within your control right uh, you know, skilling also depends on on what employers do. Yes, you can influence that, but they they sort of indirect. I, I was surprised that that you haven't said as your biggest challenge the fact that we've lost so many you know members in terms of uh, paid up subscribers. That means your your base has shrunk, and mm-hmm. we all know that, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that one of your biggest challenges to to regain lost ground? It is. It is, and and I'm I'm raising these three issues also because they are linked to that the impact of it. Remember when I raised the issue of the economy. Amongst other reasons that we have lost members, it is because of the the, the shrinking uh, manufacturing sector that has shed jobs. So if we lose focus on the economy itself and the impact of it to our own existence, we would also not be doing service to the members and also to our own existence. The changing world of work would also have a direct impact because we're talking about the fourth industrial revolution. We're talking about mm-hmm. the robotics, artificial intelligence. Kosadu is not going to have members that are robots. So how are we going to to relate to these three issues has a direct impact on whether our membership is going to grow. If it's not going to grow, how dynamic are we prepared to be in responding to what is coming? Well, I mean, I I think they they, they absolutely, and we will talk about artificial intelligence and all, and these robots and what that means in a a, a second or so, right? What about... um, the the issue just let, let's talk about the economy so for for now or, or maybe just before that the because I, I want to move on the fact that you've also lost so many uh members who've actually gone with and we we joked off air about software and where they are mm-hmm. I, I mean there's no doubt about that you've lost them Definitely. is there mm-hmm. any chance of getting them back into into your stable I'm not even talking about the leadership, just the members the members yes uh the the national the thirteenth national Congress. Uh, resolved on um, uniting the, the workers of this country beyond the the color of a t-shirt and the color of an emblem in the t-shirt that workers are wearing, and 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 that means that us uh, being able to work with all trade unions at, at different levels, and by the service that we will be giving to those that we have as members, should also be a reason, the kind of service for others who are not in the Federation, those that were part of us who have left, but also for those that are not organized because we have 74% of uh, workers that are not unionized. Mm-hmm. Hence, we're saying the kind of service that we're giving will be a determining factor of how many are going to come back to the Federation, but also how many uh, 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 are, are prepared to say, I want to join this trade union that is affiliated to Kosado because of the kind of service that we are giving. So that is why the 13th National Congress said 
service to members going back to basics is fundamental for our own existence. But two, unity of workers across their color mm, of T-shirts mm. and the emblem. That so how, how big a challenge is that? Just, I mean, there are other issues and we'll talk about, you know, wages or minimum wage and, and all that, right? But for now, how big a challenge is it simply retaining members and finding other members? Because I'm saying so. Because like, like any other, you know, uh, organization, if you don't have market share, mm-hmm. you, you lose your leverage, right? So how, how big an issue is that to retain and to grow? It is, it is, it is a big issue, one would admit. And, and the reason why it is, the diagnostic that we have made in the State International Congress is that the gap that exists between members and shop stewards and I always define shops as the first line of defense is has has grown and 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 also the the kind of organizers that we have uh, what we have failed to do is to make organizers to account the kind of preparations that we do when we are preparing for cases for an example of members uh, at the plant level where a shop steward prepares for the case to the CCMA where organizers would at times double book themselves for cases or at times leave a worker standing at the CCMA in front of the employer with no organizer who was supposed to be there, no preparations, has been a huge uh, a challenge that has led to us at times uh, having challenges of retaining members. Mm. So that is why Kosato said even in the special na- CEC that we've had now after our special our national congress that we need to pay attention to those that we are paying to do the work in our trade unions. Mm, mm, that mm. organizers cannot just be organizers to understand the pay date and go and get the money, but they must understand the primary uh, reasons that they are employed and they have decided to give those CVs to the trade union. That a trade union is a, a workplace that may not be the same if you have never been part of it, uh, like from the traditional workplaces. But it gives it it needs people that are going to dedicate their time to really uh, do that service and go that extra mile. So. If we want to retain members and if we want to grow, we must always understand that the member comes first. Well, the question is, is does the member always come first? 089-1104207, My guest, uh, my big hitter for the night, uh, Zingizwa Lossi, who was the president of, uh, of COSATU, newly appointed, newly elected, in fact, a couple of weeks. So there we are, big responsibility, big big vision, of course. And you may want to put questions to about a whole range of things around COSATU and how it links, of course, with a whole lot of other things, including jobs and including the ANC, which is something we can't forget. Let's get... Let's get some calls, of course. You need to get your, your headphones on, right? So I want to hear from you. Uh, Rajesh in Johannesburg, welcome to the show. Hi. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm good indeed. Right. You're on the air. Go ahead. Yes. Sir, I will, firstly, I want to congratulate the president on a new position. Thank you, Rajesh. Okay. You're welcome, man. Ma'am, uh, I'm a truck driver. I'm driving from Toobak to Durban, okay? Mm-hmm. And in... Warden Villiers, in Villiers, sorry, there was a, a robot person, a robot, dressed up in, a, in work with reflective clothes and flagging an ex- 
traffic, flagging down the traffic for them to go slowly to indicate that there's roadworks ahead. Now, as the president of Cosato, what will you do with the construction workers that are losing the work now presently to the robots? Okay, got that. It's it's a it's a vaccine problem, and it's not going to go away. Rajesh, thanks for that call. Let let's then touch on that. So you've already you threw it up already in terms of um, artificial intelligence and this buzzword, the fourth industrial revolution. How is that going to change things for you? It's it's going to have a a huge impact, but I think what we need to have a discussion about in a conversation with the the employers with the government is just transition. How do we move from the um, traditional work to the robots? Mm -hmm. Because it can't be that uh, you just drop off and then continue to take this one. Because South Africa is a developing country. And if we are sensitive to that, that we're a developing country, and we have huge numbers of unemployment, we have to move towards this uh, robotics Mm -hmm. uh, in a way that does not necessarily put people in a worse situation. So it's a it's a conversation that we must have. And we hope that as as we are headed towards the investment summit after the job Mm -hmm. summit, Mm -hmm. that investors, they are not going to see an opportunity of relinquishing workers and replace them uh, with robots as a way of bringing investment. And I think our government also has a responsibility to to say that perhaps we need to have, even if it's, it's um, percentages of what we can accept as, 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 as artificial intelligence or robots in each sector of mm-hmm. our economy. Because, because I mean, the, the key to that is you clearly have to innovate as a as a country if you want to stay alive because you're competing with other people in the world. So, I mean, here's the thought. You, both of us have got smartphones uh, in front of us. If there was no innovation and if someone said, but, you know, let's not have smartphones, let's have traditional phones because of whatever reason. Uh, and let's not have taxis or cars because we'll lose the people who've got, who are, who are grooming horses, for example. Mm-hmm. How, how then do we stay globally competitive? So the key really is how how do these people still retain employees, human beings, mm-hmm. right? But at the same time, uh, become increasingly competitive when, when faced with global challenges. And I'm suggesting that if companies don't innovate and don't embrace what is obvious around the world, right, that they would, they would not have, they won't exist very, very soon. I agree with you. And I think that's why I, and, and I like you make the, this example of a smartphone. And I say, at times, we ourselves, we are not, I'm not sure whether we, we okay, we are, I don't think we are conscious when we are on our smartphones and what we do and what is the impact of it. For an example, I made an example in one interview and said, uh, I sit in a meeting, it's convenient for me when my daughter says to me, can you put, give me 200 rands? Mm. And I quickly go there and, and I transfer. Do, transfer it. Exactly. And at that time, nothing says to me I'm replacing a teller at the bank. But that's the impact of it when all of us are doing it. Now, and, and, and my argument is, because you are not going to avoid having this uh, artificial intelligence mm-hmm. and all of this, we need now to go to different sectors and say, how is this fourth industrial revolution going to impact in each and every sector? Okay, absolutely. And begin to have that uh, uh, data 
And once we have it and we say, how are we supposed to position ourselves uh, in response to it? And, and in doing that, because we have sitters that are located in different sectors, can we have sitters doing that research? Or if it's the Department of Labor, Department of Education, of higher education to, to give us that research. And once we have it, and said, what kind of skills are required? If it means South Africans and South African workers must be the creators of the technology that is going to be needed, can we begin now to ensure that workers and students, be it at the university level and at, 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 at school mm-hmm. level, is now a uh, uh, given uh, the kind of skills that and the kind of education that is going to enable well, them well, precisely. To, yeah. to, to be makers of the technology that is going to be needed. Instead of us always waking up as if we didn't know that fourth industrial revolution is going to come. Because before the fourth there was one, two and three and how are we going to say now that we know the fourth industrial revolution is here can we anticipate what the fifth industrial revolution is going to look like and be the, the innovators and enter into that space of innovation well, well, and, and, absolutely. and prepare ourselves? I mean, I mean, part of that, again, to give another analogy before I get to callers as well, is like saying we will still use candles. We don't care what the rest of the world does because people who make candles will be out of a job when the rest of the world is electrified in a very, very different way. So there are major challenges. I'll get to calls. Mike Safudi, as well as you, you as in that person who's never called before, and I'm encouraged you because we want to get your viewpoint let's have the conversation 0891-104-207 all right let's get to uh, Safudi from uh, Renfinter you're on the air go ahead uh, Saf, how are you I'm good I'm well congratulations are in order thank you you know Lots of relevance of Kosaju. We were once belonging to this umbrella, but we left unceremoniously. We were fired, and we're not coming back, you know. Due to ANC coming between workers and dividing them, and the losses of this world being parachuted into the NEC, where worker issues were placed in the back burner, we're not coming back, Asraf. We're not coming back, what, Mrs. Lowe. What, what does it mean, we're not coming back? Just explain, we're not coming back from where? We're not coming back from Saftu. We're not coming back to Kosatu from Saftu. Okay. It's a game changer. We're not looking back. Ideological irrelevance of uh, Kosatu. Workers, we've never gained. We've lost due to politics, due to being aligned to okay. ANC that follows new liberal policies, okay. even into you. All right, Sefudi is always forthright and makes his points. Comment on that? Thank you very much. And I'm happy that uh, Sefudi raised that mm. issue because it's an opportunity for me to really clarify why Numsa was expelled. Mm. Because we've, we've tried to explain it then, and it keeps on being changed that Numsa was expelled due to them not supporting then former president of the ANC, mm, Jacob Zuma. Mm. No, it had nothing to do with that. And if leaders can be honest and take the minutes and the, sub, and, and the submission of Numsa to the CEC at that time, 
The, the reasons why NUMSA was expelled was because NUMSA went to its 13th National Congress, uh, sorry, to its Special National Congress in 2013, mm-hmm. in December, and took a resolution to extend its scope and, and become a general union. And the, the result of it is that in different sectors when NUMSA uh, went to organize, where they had no uh, 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 scope to organize, there they started to be d- d- uh, uh, conflict amongst workers. And uh, I'm not saying it was due to mm, NUMSA mm, members, mm. but as a result of NUMSA being in that scope and when they were not having threshold, I'll tell you one example of Inmoha in Nelson Mandela Bay, where it was a scope of uh, Satao. And NUMSA went in without having a threshold. They went to an illegal strike. Workers that belonged to uh, Satao did not go to that strike. But the end result of all of that conflict is that those houses of workers that belonged to uh, Satao, their houses were bent down. And I'm not alleging that it was NUMSA mm-hmm. members, but it was because of now the, 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 the territory was, was, was contested. And when leadership of Kosato at that time wrote to leadership of NUMSA and requested a meeting right after that national, special national congress and said, can we meet with you with regards to your special resolution of extending your scope? Mm-hmm. Because the impact of it inside the federation is going to be huge. The response that we received was that, unfortunately, if that's the reason you want to meet us, we are not prepared to meet with you because a resolution that is taken in a Congress can only be changed in another Congress. Okay. Now, and I'm saying, NUMSA went beyond that and applied to the Department of Labor for their constitution to be amended to be a general union. And Kosato said, explain to us why the CEC should not suspend or expel you on these reasons. Nothing political. It was organizational. And NUMSA was given five hours through its general secretary, Ivan Jim, to explain. Instead of dealing with the issue, he went to deal with any other issue except that matter. And the CEC even said, it is unfortunate that the leadership of NUMSA has failed to deal with the matter at hand and decided to talk about other issues. Okay. And that's how the decision was arrived at. So it had nothing to do with the ALC. So you're very clear on that. And, and you did say earlier on that, that, that other people, and, and I'm paraphrasing, sort of are fabricating the truth. Mm-hmm. You, you stand by that? Uh, excuse are, are, me? Are fabricating the truth in terms of what actually happened? Indeed, I stand by that. I stand by that because we have been listening a number of times, every time people speak about this issue, they, f- they don't talk about the actual reason. They talk about the politics, which had nothing to do with a reason that NUMSA was expelled. Okay, lastly, before I get to Mike, what has been the impact on, on NUMSA not being part of Kosato? So one is expelling them, they're on the out now. How has it impacted on your organization? The, the, the impact that we have had is the drop in membership. That's the impact that, that we have had. And uh, I wouldn't necessarily, okay, because the impact would also have the issues of the finances to, to the federation. But you, you adjust according to what you have in terms of your, your budget and in terms of how you're going to run your programs. But uh, with, with NUMSA having left, uh, it is not only that reason that COSAD would have had its own challenges because other unions who affiliates of Kosari had their own difficulties and they were not paying affiliation okay. fees so the finances are not merely based on 
Numsa's right. expulsion. But but with hindsight now, because of course when they left, then that gave rise to Saf to as you know Numsa very much or, or Ivan Jemma line to Zvelenzi Mavavi, and now you have this new organisation. With with hindsight, what, was it? Would you have done it differently? You're well, not the president at that time, but would you have done it differently? But I was part of leadership, yeah. so uh, and it was a CC decision. So I, it, you know, it's a difficult question to respond to whether I would have done it differently. And the reason for that is, how do you separate leaders from members? Because when leaders go to the CC, they they are there to speak on behalf of their members, whether members mandated them on those decisions or not. But the CC cannot verify when a leader says, "I speak on behalf of my union," and the and the constitution cannot does not separate the two between a leader and a, a and the members mm. on the ground. So when a decision is taken, it is taken about the union, particularly when you have tried to engage Ashraf, not once, not twice, many a times. And you would think that leaders would have gone back to their unions and, and say to members, this is the engagement that we've been having with the Federation. And uh, so are you standing by what you are sending mm, us mm, to do mm, that mm. You, you are refusing? So we take as a Federation that NUMSA members said to their leaders, we don't care. We are going to continue to counter-organize inside the federation and become a general union. We will go to all sectors of this industry and, and, and organize all members to come to, to, to NUMSA. And therefore, NUMSA at that time, the status of it was already changing to become a federation. And you can't have a federation in the within, federation. Within the federation. So it's yes. all very, very... Well, we're going to talk about the other one, of course, Kosato and its relationship with the African National Congress. But Mike, go ahead. Hi. Hi, good evening, and good evening to your guests. Good so talking when I to you. Uh, decided I had enough of apartheid back in 1972, I moved to the UK, and I was absolutely shattered by the power of the unions. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was almost impossible to do anything there without some union official telling you could do this and you couldn't do that. Eventually, Maggie Thatcher came along and sorted out the unions, and today the unions are almost completely gone. In the United States of America, uh, I think three out of ten people belong to a union, and by the way, the union in America will... Uh, look after the employer. It sees the employer as the as as the kingpin, not as the enemy. And this in the UK, I think it's even less than three out of ten. Unions are in fact dinosaurs. And it's interesting listening to your guest. It's all internal politics. It means nothing to South Africa. They have made no contribution in the last 10, 15 years. I understand unions had a massive role to play. And when I moved to the UK, I could understand that because they were politically powerful and fought against apartheid very bravely. But those days are long gone. The enemy is no longer the employer. We don't need to use all this mad inflammatory language that we heard at the conference, which was a complete failure in any event. Um, And I would put it to your guest that really, you're a dinosaur. You actually have no service to offer. You're, we have a new liberated South Africa. I, I would like to, and I tried to at mm. one stage, and I would like to try again, and maybe your guest can help me out. If I've got 40 people that would like to start a company, I would like to make them more shareholders. I'd like to pay them in a pretty much bus fare and food fare uh, just to keep them going. I, after six months, we'll all become shareholders, and I'm going to manufacture a product that we import currently from China, which I believe we can make in this country uh, just as competitively, and and the market is here because we import them. But the union shut me down. 
Now, will the union, uh, where does the union go with this thing? Uh, would, would I be allowed to employ these 40 people who all sign contracts so they want to have nothing to do with the unions? They would just like to build a company and one day get on with it and make some money, be union exempt, also by the way, okay. exempt from the 20 rand a month or 20 rand a day or 20 rand an hour, sorry. We want none of that nonsense either. Okay. We're going to take our chances. We're all adults. We don't need to be protected, and we certainly don't need the union. Right. Would Mike, your guests say to me, right, fine, go for it, we'll leave you alone, or will they interfere okay. and shut me down? Mike, got that. Thank you. Thank you for that. Right. Uh, so the last part, and the first part, of course, that unions are, what, effectively dinosaurs. Go, go ahead and... <laughs> thank you very much. Um, fight your case. <laughs> let me welcome that from Mike. Uh I think what Mike needs to first acknowledge is that we're in a democratic, uh, constitutional democracy. We're not in England, we're in South Africa. And the, the, the rights of workers are firstly enshrined in the constitution of this country. So if a person does not respect the rights of workers, it means you don't respect the constitution. Because the right to belong to a trade union of your choice the right to associate is a constitutional right. Now, let's talk about relationships. It's a different issue. Don't take away my right because you are promising me this today and I must believe you before I can even know. So it means Mike expects that a worker that he employs has to believe what he says, that I'm going to make you a shareholder. Mm, mm, but start mm. now and accept that I'm just going to give you enough to take you home and come back and and for you to eat before I become a shareholder. Make me a shareholder. Then I know what I'm working for because it means we're all partners. Maybe maybe the broader question is that, okay, it's certainly people's rights to, to unionize, but, but are unions losing its impact in terms of, of, of its driving force and impact in, in a country compared to, say, Kosato and all the other unions, uh, federations, uh, you know, 20, 25, 30 years ago? I wouldn't say so. I wouldn't say so. But, of course, we can't compare the pre-1994 to post-1994. Kosatu, through its predecessors and itself, after it was, it was formed in 1985, played a significant role that Mike appreciates. But after 1994, we had a new di- dispensation that these workers fought for to arrive at. Now, our existence takes a different shape. Now, that different shape is about ensuring that workers are not exploited. Because you can't tell me just because you have a company and then even your child or your son would not agree to get what you are giving to me and expect me to appreciate the fact that at least I've got, I, I've, I've got mm-hmm. food to, to... No, because what you are making out of it is, is, is huge profits. And it, it, the relevance of trade unions continue to exist. And I must say, and just make one simple example, the ESCOM, with the looting mm, that mm, they had mm. got nothing to do with workers, blue-collar workers at ESCOM. But when, re- when, when workers were making a demand of uh, the, the salary increase, mm, mm, mm. the employer said, no, 0%, 0%. Until those workers, through the unity of themselves, irrespective of different trade unions that they were coming from, because it was uh, NUM, it was NUMSA, it was Solidarity. They stood united because it can't be that when those that are not unionized but are at the decision-making portfolios, they are able to loot the state and then decide to give themselves golden handshake 
pathways, uh, salaries. Mm. And then when you must talk about the difficulties, it is those workers that must bear the brand. In the absence of the unions in ESCOM, those workers would have accepted and, and, and zero percent. Well, and, yeah. and, and we must also say that, Ashraf, you see, you expect workers not to ask for an increment, but the, the cost of living continues to rise. How do you balance that? Good point. Okay, in, I'm going to get to other callers, Kondile Impo, in a second. But just before that, because we're going to move on then, I'm not saying you can be specific about every issue, but in a general sense, is it accurate to say that workers in South Africa, by and large, are generally exploited? They are. They are. You know, if you if you go to the farm uh, workers, if you look at the domestic workers, if you go to the security industry, there are vulnerable workers in this country who get exploited. The, the worst part is when employers, because they want to evade the constitution, the labor laws of this country, they would exploit even migrant workers. Those that would come running away from the political instability mm-hmm. in their countries to come to South Africa, they get exploited by employers who understand exactly what the constitution says, what the labor law says, but they will choose not to employ South Africans and choose to go for the undocumented uh, migrant. Uh, easy uh, easy entry, easy exit as well, I would think. Exactly. Isn't it? We're going to talk about business and your relationship with business, but I need to get some calls. So my my guest, my big hitter for the night is a big hitter, Zingizwa Lossi. She's the president, newly elected president of uh, the Trade Union Federation. That's COSATU. Kondile uh, from, uh, I thought for Joburg for a second. No, Mangaung, of course, right. Welcome and you're on the air. Hello. Okay. Senior management and so 
lastly, quickly, uh, Ashraf, on industrial revolution, mm. I think COSAD has the responsibility of looking at the movement and how this concept is developing. Because if we are not going to manage it at the level of uh, trade unionism and trade, trade unions and so, it's going to get out of uh, out, out of out, out of hand. For example, it is Kosatu that has to, in a way, set the agenda and determine the the, the manner in which this uh, uh, fourth industrial revolution concept is being faced in. For example, I think, in my view, it has to start firstly in the schools, in the primary sense, so so that by the time it matures you have a skill base that is able to respond to it. Okay. Right, let's get a response. Thanks for that, uh, Kondile. We'll get to input in just a second. Respond to respond to him. Thank you very much, uh, Kondile. Uh, let me start with the issue that you have just raised, lastly, mm. of the industrial revolution. I think yes. you, 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 you agree with what I've said earlier, my earlier sentiments of the skilling, but also the curriculum, mm. that mm. we need to start at the bottom and ensure that the the children now are getting a curriculum that is going to respond to this so that we are not chasing a, a moving target. And, and we're not getting that in the moment, isn't it? Children at high school, primary school thinking along, embracing that fourth industrial revolution and, and what it means to them? I don't think we are, we are there yet because we, we have a kind of an education system that expects children to just come to school at times and not be critical thinkers, you know, be, be taught and then go and, and study, cram, mm. come back and write exams and pass. And we don't really have critical thinkers. And I think we should be able to use uh, those that we have, because not that we don't have young people who are critical thinkers, who are innovators. Can we get them to even start saying what kind of a curriculum that we need? Uh, and work with scientists. South Africa has academics. Oh, I have no doubt about that. Uh, yes. Yeah. Can can we just tap into that and and say because for me I get surprised when we get to attend um, uh, workshops and we have professors who are scientists who stand <laughs> there and they tell you about this and how we can do things differently and you ask yourself why do these things not find expression into the policy of the country, even into the thinking? Well, maybe they need to talk more. Because I, mean, I must say, I, I've invited uh, the professor uh, Chilizo Marwala, who's the hey, he's the vice chancellor at UJ, UJ, one of the brightest minds yes. I've ever met in my life. And yes. of course, he's very much in, in the space of artificial intelligence. We need to ask him about whether he's having talks with unions for them to understand <laughs> the, the, the new world. But before I get to Impo, is it also not, because I'd heard this the other day, I was, I was at an event, I spoke and Vusi Tembukaya spoke and, and he made the point that if you are involved in any skill that, is, that, is, um, that, that, that can be duplicated, right, that can be mechanical, you're going to be out of a job. That means thinking, for example, a, a psychologist will never be out of a job because there's always going to be a need for that person or a negotiator. But anything that is mechanical, even an accountant that just collates information could well be out of a job. So what we should be doing, all of us, including Kosatu, is absolutely fast-tracking in the short-term alternate jobs and in the longer term from a curriculum, finding completely new industries, and then you can unionize those industries. Definitely. Definitely, I agree with you. And uh, that's, that's what we were saying, that if, you, if we are to look at the current jobs... And, 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 and talk to them and the skills that are currently required, but be 
be focused and say, what is the future holding? And, and, and begin to have people that are going to start preparing for that future that is coming. Because it's, it's, it's imminent. It's, it's here. It's, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. And, and, and when we stop pointing fingers and we start putting our hands together and say, let's all dirty our hands, let's all put our thinking caps and say, what kind of a country do we want? What kind of a future for our children do we want? What kind of jobs that are going to be coming? And in other countries, it's, it's in full force. It's in full swing, this thing. You go to a supermarket, you find only two people. And the rest? And is, the rest is yeah. automation. You know, tell us. You, 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 you really, the only thing that they are there to do is to make sure that when there is something that is going wrong or for those that are bringing cash, I want to know, they're able to help them. Just lastly, what do the workers say about it? Are, are they aware of these changes? They are. They are to some extent. I attended the, the CCMA Shop Steward Workshop in Deben. Peter only managed to attend one day. But workers know this thing. But I don't think from different sectors that they are operating. They look at what, how it impacts them in a sector. As I've said, making an example of, of, of uh, internet banking, you don't really say yourself what is your contribution into this in, thing. In, in, in moving so away from manual I, labor. I yeah. think as soon as, Ashraf, we start understanding what we do every day and the impact of it into the future, and we stop and we ask ourselves, what am I doing? How is it going to impact? What do I need to do? Can I stop it? If I can't, what do I need? But the answer would always be, I can't stop it because automation is just there. Impo, go ahead. Hello. Hi. Um, I want to ask um, the, the the lady you have in Syria, what does Kosatu, have, what role does Kosatu play in today's society? Because I, as a young person, not motivated or in any other way to join COSAT or any affiliated unions. So I just want to ask, what what am I missing as a young person? If okay, I'm there you are. Well, that's Kosato. a similar question to what I said before, I think, by by Mike. But yeah, what, what role does COSATO play? Kosato, how, how are you relevant? How mm-hmm. relevant are you? COSATO plays a significant role. Look, we are not only focusing on what affects workers, as I've said earlier mm. in the start of the interview. At the level of NETLEC, COSATO is dealing with a number of issues like your comprehensive social security that deals with the national health insurance, the issues of free education, and those are issues that uh, are impacting society, not necessarily workplace issues. COSATU, at the level of NETLEC, talks about the issues of the, 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 the unemployment insurance fund, which has a direct impact not only to those that are, are currently employed, but for those that will be entering the labor market. Remember how COSATU, actually how workers in this country has rights now that are in the constitution and in the labor, in the labor law is because of those that came before us, COSATU at that time. Now, our responsibility now is to set the foundation also for those that are coming. One may not appreciate it now, but when you enter the labor market and when you're confronted with these issues that now are so close to you, because when you want to build a family for yourself, the employers have said when we go for negotiations, 
and you negotiate a maternity leave. They said, look, we're not here to, to talk about a maternity leave because we're not in the industry of making babies. Okay? Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of response that you get from an employer. And f- how are you going to generate another uh, 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 layer of, of, of labor? force in this country if people are not going to to be able to to create families well absolutely no so there is that balance that Kosatu has to find at all times so that when you look at ourselves you don't only look at ourselves as a trade union we do fight for workers but we go beyond our scope at netlek with fedusa and nagtu civil society that is there and government and business that's what we are busy preoccupied with not only issues that are labor related but issues that are going to affect society the national health insurance ashraf is is about an old gogo a a a, mm-hmm. a a young a young person who is you get to a, an accident and what do you need? You need emergency surgery. Where do you go? There is a public hospital. There is a private hospital that is close to you. The public hospital is far. Kosatu says, through the national health insurance, let that person who is a citizen of this country, whether employed or not, whether young or old, be able to move to the first hospital and get medical assistance. Those issues have got nothing to do with workers because workers, other workers have medical aids. But those are issues that Kosatu is talking about that are impacting not only to ourselves but to the larger society. Okay, there's lots more. There's, a, there's an SMS from Alex Motsamai saying, uh, Ashraf, the problem is not the minimum wage. The problem is the labor brokers, how long they sing the song of scrapping it. Just quick thoughts on that, labor brokers uh, mm. and, and minimum wage, your, your pronouncements on it? Labor brokers is, is, is really an issue. We were talking now to the Minister of Labor, actually even when in the CCMA uh, 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 shop steward uh, workshop uh, conference, we were saying to the Minister of Labor, how is it difficult that this country is unable to ban labor brokers? Because this justification of saying labor brokers provide employment, mm. they create jobs, does not exist. Because labor brokers are only a middleman between the employer and those that are looking for employment. Now, the Labor Relations Act is very clear. In the Labor Relations Act, there's a definition of an employer, an employee, and a workplace. There is no definition of a labor broker. That is why we think it is important also for ourselves as trade unions to take what is legislated and say, if the legislation says three months, can we see that after three months, a worker moves to the employment of the employer that owns the means and of if, production? And if they lose their jobs, as, as we've seen, some people can, after three months, say, okay, thank you. We don't need you. But if we find those trends, if we find those trends, because if they lose the job, then they must say, what are the reasons for that worker? Not to not be converting into not converting into is it because the position ceased to exist? Is it because the demand is no longer there of the work that the worker was doing? And if you were to look closely, you will realize that it is not because of that, because the contract between a labor broker and the and the and the and the one that owns the means of production could be a contract of two years, 
Now, that is why we're saying the middlemen must be removed. That is why we're calling for our government to totally scrap. Okay, Let's see. Certainly... Let us take the fight. Let government, we have said as Kosato, government test this thing. Ban labor brokers. And, and if you are taken happens. to court, let's go with you to court okay. in defense of your decision. There's some other comments. Uh, wish you all the best. Wish you don't follow your predecessor and be blinded by political blindness. Another one long ago, they said we must buy, we must not buy Chinese goods because they're doing our local factories out of business. But now the Chinese shop on every corner comes from Buzz in, uh, in uh, from, well, I'm not sure where Buzz is from anyway. I was going to say Buzz from Border Come, but no, certainly not Buzz. The, here's the question. Uh, we know the relationship between business and, and, and COSATO and union, but my sense is ultimately you need each other. If you don't have your workers employed and they're out of a job, they also can't belong to COSATO, mm-hmm. right? For example, alternatively, if, if workers, um, if, if employers can't speak to people that mobilize their workers, you're going to have a hundred thousand people coming to the door every day. So there's a nice way of doing it. But why do I get a sense that both of you see each other as enemies? There's just no friendship. Their relationship has uh, bone contradictions in it. You can't avoid that because business is in business to, to, to make profit and to maximize that. Workers are there to sell their labor, but also to earn a decent living, a decent job. Now, of course, that relationship, that's why we said it, it, it has... Uh, contradictions by its nature but we find a way of working together the reason why we are at the 3,500 of the national minimum wage having agreed at Netlake we didn't start at 3,500 business started at 1,200 less than 2,000 other unions have rejected it you know that right other unions outside Netlake have rejected Mm. it but over 6 million workers in this country are earning less than 20 rands an hour. Now, how do you then at least have a, a base and move towards a living wage? For those workers that are earning less than 20 rands an hour, they are waiting for president to sign that national minimum wage into a, a, a law in this country. And that national minimum wage, Ashraf, does not give a right to employers to start downvering the conditions of employment. It's stated very clearly. Okay, fair enough. We, we don't have a lot of time to get into detail, but the, the initial point from, from Condile spoke about the, the evolution of, 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 uh, of unions, right? Mm-hmm. Without spending too much time, we've got five minutes to go. H- how should unions therefore evolve from, from that union of 20 years ago to the American unions and the Margaret Thatcher unions that all got shut down. How, how should the unions evolve in the same way like the, the businesses should also evolve? It, I think for me it goes to the three issues that I mentioned earlier. And, and it forces the evolution of a union because we can't be stagnant when things are moving. But how we are going to evolve must also, uh, it's going to be informed by the kind of issues that confront us, but also the kind of membership that we have. Uh, we can't continue to be the traditional union. So evolution in terms of Kondil talks to, if I understood him correctly, mm. from moving from being a trade unionist to being a political party. Mm-hmm. May, well, it maybe. can have its pros and cons. 
It can have its pros and cons. But you see, aren't you, aren't you a political party already? And no, I no, go no. back to the alliance. <laughs> no, we are not. No, we are not. We are not a political party. And that is why we have refused when some who were in Kosatu wanted to characterize Kosatu to be a Labour Party or a Workers' Party. And we said we are not. And the reason why we are not it is because it doesn't matter who is in power. If the ANC loses power, whoever that takes over, Kosatu's responsibility is to defend its members and to defend the jobs and to ensure Fair that enough. we have an incompetence. And therefore so, speak to the president of the day, whoever that may be. Whoever right? that may okay. be. But, but I mean, in the current scenario... You do have an alliance mm-hmm. with with the ruling party, mm-hmm. uh, unless things have changed now. And I no, know some former members have differed on your. Lead. So, so going into the twenty nineteen election once again, you actually will be partners with with the ruling party, and therefore de facto partners with government. We we are not a governing party because if we were, Kosadu would be having seats in parliament. Kosadu will be deploying cadres in parliament. So we are not a political party. In the alliance, there are only two political parties. It is the ANC and the South African Communist Party. We are a labor federation independent Mm. of other alliance components. That is why. Because our alliance seeks to influence the ANC in terms of police. We have won some, we have lost some. Because the ANC is the multi-class organization. So that is why Kosaru says we must swell the ranks of the ANC. Be there in numbers because those that in majority will tilt the balance of forces towards what is in their interest. And if you have them, if you have few, but they can't really tilt the balance of forces towards the class that they represent, which is the working class, you're going to have decisions that we're going to wake up tomorrow and say, yeah, but Kosatu, you are really selling us out. Mm. And yet... We are sitting at home. We are not participating into the decision-making structures of the ANC where we should be ensuring that decisions that are coming from the Congress of Kosatu, where we have resolved, those resolutions must find expression. And if we are there in numbers, we'll be able to have okay. the kind of policies that we want it in this It seems country. like you're going to put a determined case to the president, which, which gets me to end with, we've got 30 seconds or 40 seconds to go. Kosatu's leadership at that time fell out over the position of, of President Zuma. Okay, ignore him for the moment. What's your position with President Ramaphosa? In uh, terms co- of what you see him, what, what has he done or not done in the last few months? Okay, with, with President Ramaphosa, before he, when he was still the Deputy President and now having been the President, one thing that we can appreciate that, uh, and but we hope and we're waiting for him to, to start signing. We appreciate that now he's off, off sick, but we want him to put his signature into that national minimum wage. Uh, and, and for workers in this country, it will be a plus. He would have long done it, uh, but others contested the, the, the national minimum wage and it had its, its delays. And is, he, uh, is he a person, here's the bottom line, because we have to wrap up. Mm. Is he a person you think you can work with, you as Cosanto? He is. He is, and and I think him also coming from the, the trade background. union mm. background, it also gives us a leverage of engaging with him. And I would say that I've seen that when we were dealing with the national minimum wage and how he has managed business, uh, labor, civil society on that, those issues okay. when there were uh, wide gaps and how we have managed to come to each other. But I must just say, as, as we're wrapping up, Ashraf, that... Kosatu said there is no blank check. And we have said to, to President Cyril Ramaphosa, 
we, we, we would work with the ANC, but where we don't agree, know very well that COSADU will do what it has always been doing. We will raise our issues of dissatisfaction. We would go to the streets. We will do what it takes for us to represent our members. Okay, let's leave it at that. No blank check. No, maybe no bounce check either. But in the days of uh, of EFT transfers, you actually don't need a physical check. Things have indeed changed. Uh, Zingizwa Losi, appreciate your time, President of uh, Kosatu. Let's get the news now. It's just gone nine o'clock.